Hi, and welcome to 5 Minutes of Rum, notes on rum, a few minutes at a time. My name is Kevin Up the Grove. Many times when I select a rum that I want to learn more about, the information from the distillery is, shall we say, a little lacking in substance. Some flowery language for tasting notes, a mention of sugarcane and wood, and then a handful of recipes, most of which aren't all that inspiring. For the complete opposite approach, look no further than Ed Hamilton's rum line, the Ministry of Rum Collection. Ed Hamilton is the gentleman who started the Ministry of Rum website, uh, linked to so many times from this show. And when Ed Hamilton began the Ministry of Rum collection of rums a few years ago, he went all in on transparency. Uh, from his Caribbean-Spirits site, you can learn a lot about production, you can learn about what goes into the rum, what doesn't go into the rum, how it's bottled, and so on. I've been fortunate enough to hear Ed Hamilton speak about rum a number of times, and if you have the opportunity, I recommend that you do so also. In this episode, I'm talking about three bottles from the Ministry of Rum Collection, the Jamaican Pot Still Gold and Black Rums, and the Jamaican Pimento Dram. I will also make an old Don the Beachcomber recipe that highlights a couple of those ingredients, a cocktail called the Montego Bay. Since Mr. Hamilton is so forthcoming with production information, I didn't need too many sources for this episode, number 74 of 5 Minutes of Rum. Now, before we get too far into Jamaican rum in this episode, I want to give a quick update on the status of the sticker offer from the TQ Oasis 17 program and also from episode 73 of this year program. Uh, thank you very much for those of you who submitted a sticker request uh, from either of those sites or those uh, sources. Stickers should start shipping in the next week or so. Uh, this is September 10th as I record this episode, uh, and they should be making their way out to you very shortly. Thanks again for submitting a request. Now, on to the feature rum for this episode. That's the Hamilton Jamaican Pot Still Rum gold and black edition. Um, so transparency starts with the rum's name. It is, as they say, just what it says on the tin, or in this case on the label. Uh, you get origin, you get style, and you get the product, uh, Jamaican pot still rum. Um, the gold and the black are in fact the same rum, but before I get too deep into what makes them different, let's uh, taste each of them side by side. Um, and I have a glass here as I record of the gold, although I did taste both of these side by side earlier and, and have, here, have these here notes to share with you. Um, in terms of appearance, uh, both bottles are nearly identical, uh, with just some minor differences on the label. Uh, they have a fairly standard-looking opaque bottle with a synthetic cork. Uh, there's labels on the front and the back, and the back that describe the rum and give a little bit of description. Um, in the glass, the gold is a light straw color, and the black rum is more of a darker burnt caramel color in the glass. Uh, when it comes to aroma, the gold is very aromatic, with esters going right up into my nose. It's a very traditional Jamaican rum aroma with your overripe banana, a little bit of pineapple, and other kind of fruit aromas. Um, the black rum has similar notes, but more subtle. The aromatics are still present, but they feel like they're working through a filter, which I'll get to again here in a moment. Um, Taste-wise, the gold is a little more mellow on the, uh, than the nose would lead you to believe. So a uh, good mouthfeel, some heat on the tongue. The fruitiness is still present, and the rum feels very bright. Um, you can feel some of the heavier rum in the blend, uh, kind of like the uh, heavier rum, the Jamaican overproof white style, like a J. Ray or a rum fire that you can, you can taste that in the blend, but it's not just that kind of rum. So there is, you know, a little bit of uh, counterbalance from some of the lighter rums that are uh, blended in there. Uh, the black rum is close in taste, but like the aroma, it feels like it's being filtered a little bit. Uh, the use of the caramel color seems to have an effect, uh, but not really in a way you might expect. It's, it doesn't add a sweetness element, um, more like it seems to slightly mute the brightness of the gold rum. And then the finish, uh, the finish on the gold rum is nice and warm, uh, lengthy in terms of warmth, uh, not overly harsh. Uh, the finish doesn't really change over time. Like it stays consistent, consistently warm, uh, but it is a nice long finish. Uh, the finish on the black rum isn't noticeably different than the gold. 
Um, so I won't, you know, try and create any differences that I didn't encounter. Uh, to sum up, I really like both rums. Uh, they're very similar, obviously, uh, but with different uh, different aspects that we'll, again, talk about in a little bit. Uh, Jamaican rums are some of my favorites, and I do like having more options on the shelf. Um, I think for me, I might give a slight nod to the gold because of the aromatics. Um, um, you know, both are not rums with nice character. Uh, these are rums that I feel that were made for mixing, um, and while there are no slouches when you're sipping them, most of my usage in my home bar comes in the form of using them in cocktails. So let's talk a little bit more about what makes these rums these rums. Uh, Hamilton's Jamaican rums originate from the Worthy Park estate in Jamaica. Uh, Worthy Park, and there's a link in the show notes to their site and a couple of Ministry of Rum or slash Caribbean dash spirits links as well. Anyways, Worthy Park is a sugar plantation and distillery that sits on roughly 10,000 acres and is located near the center of the island of Jamaica in the St. Catherine Parish. Um, Worthy Park was founded in 1670, and commercial production of sugarcane began there in 1720. Production of cane sh- uh, sugarcane has gone on since 1720, in fact, uh, continuously. Three different families have owned the estate in that time, with the current owners taking control in 1918. Uh, they also produce uh, on, at the plantation other crops, uh, but we're really here to focus on rum, so we're going to stick to that part of it. They mill about 210,000 tons of cane annually, if you're into the large numbers without context kind of thing. Uh, the rum they produce under the rum bar name are all made from molasses from their sugar production. So they're distilling what they produce. They're not bringing in other molasses to uh, to create their rums. Um, they began producing rums uh, rum in the 1740s, uh, but production kind of started and stopped over time. In fact, they ceased production most recently in 1962 when the rum was oversaturated with Jamaican rum, uh, which had a negative impact on prices in the market. Uh, I would say that would be a negative impact from the manufacturer's point of view, not necessarily from the consumer's point of view. Um, However, they recently relaunched, and by recently I mean 2005, uh, with a rebuilt distillery that combined modern touches with classic methods uh, such as their double retort pot still. Uh, As I mentioned previously, they currently produce three of their own rums under the Rum Bar name. That is Rum Bar White Overproof, a nod to the favorite style of Jamaican rum consumers. Uh, That's the style of Rum Fire and J-Ray. Uh, for comparison, they also produce a rum bar gold and a rum bar rum cream. Uh, I have yet not yet actually tried any of those products. Uh, they primarily produce rum for others to use, uh, such as the Hamilton products that we're talking about in this here episode. Now, uh, Hamilton Jamaican pot still rum, a little backstory on why Ed Hamilton brought this rum to market. Um, as rum cocktails began to increase in popularity recently, Ed saw a need for a traditional pot still Jamaican rum most of the Jamaican rum on the shelves in the U.S. market, at the time anyways, uh, when he was developing this product, were Appleton products. Appleton, Karuba, and J-Ray are all from the same distillery in Jamaica. Um, and while they're good rums, they are typically a blend of column and pot still, not in the case of J-Ray, but bear with me. Um, and they aren't exactly the same profile as a pure pot still Jamaican rum of quote-unquote standard ABV for use in cocktails. Uh, legend has it that at one time, Myers was a very fine rum. I was not a rum drinker when that was a true statement, though. Now, the Hamilton Jamaican pot still rums are a blend of three different rums from Worthy Park. They are considered the light, extra light, and heavy rums. So those categories are actually categories of the ester level in the rum, not to do with their actual weight. Um, Each of those three use a different yeast to help produce those different ester levels. Now, remember that high ester rums give off that overripe fruit aroma that used to be called hugu, but now seems to be simplified to quote-unquote funk. Um, Mr. Hamilton has this rum shipped 
to uh, five and 20 spirits in the New York area at 85% ABV. So that blend comes in at a high alcohol by volume. And then once it gets to the bottling location in New York, uh, it is slowly diluted to bottling strength, which ends up being 46.5 ABV. Um, and what appears to be a typo on my original bottle of the gold rum, it says 46.1%, but the most recent bottle I bought had a slightly updated label and the note, um, the notes of and notes in ABV of 46.5 as expected. Um, you can see the label differences in the photos in the show notes for this episode. Note that this rum doesn't spend time in a barrel, considered a not aged rum. And over on the www.caribbean-spirits.com site, you can enter in, depending on the bottle you have, the batch number from the label, and you can see all the information related to production for the rum, such as a material data uh, material data sheet, almost called a material data safety sheet, harkening back to my old uh, theme park days. Uh, you can also see shipping notices. Uh, you can see analysis of the water that's used for the dilution, etc., along with photos, photos, photos. So a lot of information available on that Caribbean-Spirits website. I encourage you to go there and look at it. There's a couple different links in the show notes for the different rums that I'm talking about in this episode. Now, after dilution, a little of uh, Sethness, which is a brand, a little Sethness caramel color, uh, which is made with U.S.-grown cane sugar and is non-GMO, for those of you uh, keeping score at home, uh, that's added to the rum. This is for color and not added sugar as a sweetener. Um, and this is where the gold and black begin to diverge uh, for the gold, the rum is colored with a gold tint caramel from Sethness. The black rum is colored with a what they call a double-strength black caramel. Uh, in both cases, a light touch is used. One liter of caramel color is used on 450 cases of rum, working out to roughly three drops per bottle. Um, and I've actually seen the double black caramel in person, and it is pretty astounding to see just a few drops added to a pitcher of water and see the effect it has on it in terms of coloration. So if you fear that this uh, caramel addition is adding sweetness to the rum, fear not, it is not. Um, that's not to say that it isn't changing the rum, however. So if we go back to the side-by-side tasting, notice the aroma, I, I mentioned the aroma was different on the uh, black rum, um, perhaps the reverse of what you'd expect. Maybe you thought the black rum would be a little bit more funky or uh, a little bit more aggressive, but that turned out to not be the case. And getting back to what I considered like a filter on the rum, uh, the use of the caramel color, again, seems to have a, I wouldn't call it a muting effect, but it just kind of filters it and changes it a little bit. Uh, it took away, for me, a little bit of the brightness. So that's why I ended up um, uh, maybe favoring a little bit more of the gold rum, uh, although the black rum was still, you know, a very, very similar rum to it. It's just a, a slight difference. So if you do have both, um, try them side by side. And just keep in mind, they are actually the same rum. They've just had their uh, coloration done a little bit differently. Uh, this is probably also a good time to mention why there are both versions if they're the same rum. Uh, the original idea Ed was pursuing was a traditional pot-stilled black Jamaican rum. And as he developed the blend and shared it with some trusted bartenders, they mixed some cocktails and found it actually was a great fit for what they were looking for. Uh, it also made a very flavorful daiquiri. Unfortunately, the black rum didn't make the best impression in a clear daiquiri glass, and so Ed was inclined to bottle a gold version. Um, I can actually vouch for how good it is in a daiquiri. It's one of my go-to cocktails at the Tonga Hut right here in Los Angeles. And in the Tonga Hut, it's so dark that it doesn't really matter a bit if you use the Jamaican pot still black rum. Um, and also worth mentioning, both uh, versions of the rum, they retail for about $25 for a 750-milliliter bottle. So how about that third bottle I talked about from uh, Hamilton's Ministry of Rum Collection? Uh, that would be the Hamilton Jamaican Pimento Dram. I first talked about pimento dram back in episode 15 when I shared the recipe uh, that I used to make my own pimento or allspice dram at home. Um, that's come comes from the Beach Bumberry remixed book. 
Um, as a refresher on pimento slash allspice, um, I use these terms pretty interchangeably, allspice, dram, and pimento liqueur. Uh, so I'll flip back and forth between them. Uh, hopefully, mentally, you can make that translation. Um, the uh, This is a liqueur that's made from allspice berries. Allspice berries are known by other names, such as pimento, which is why sometimes it's called pimento dram, um, and sometimes it's called English or Jamaican pepper. It is the unripe fruit of the pimento tree, and allspice is a name from the English as a reflection of its flavor of many spices because when you taste it, you taste uh, elements like cinnamon, nutmeg, and clove. Uh, it's a big part of Jamaican cuisine, and it's a natural fit for Caribbean cocktails. Uh, interestingly to note, pimento is the Western Hemisphere's only indigenous spice. And in my circles, there's not really any confusion about pimento, whether it's a spice or whether it's the red thing that's stuffed into an olive. Uh, but you may need to help spread this education amongst your peer groups. Now, Ed Hamilton's pimento dram is made with uh, the uh, a light ester rum from Worthy Park in Jamaica. His process, like uh, the other rums, the process for this is outlined on his site. So whole pimento berries are ground and macerated in that rum for about five to seven days. This uh, The rum at that point during uh, extraction of uh, flavors is 85% ABV. That alcohol draws soluble elements from the berries. This, uh, this mixture is then filtered to remove the berries and the particles. It's then diluted, has some sugar added, and ultimately lands at 30% ABV, a respectable 60-proof liqueur that can stand up to being sipped neat. And in this case, there's no added color. So how does it look and taste when I compare that to what I make a homemade uh, version at home? Now, I have a side-by-side -side photo in the show notes illustrating the difference in color between the Hamilton Pimento Dram and the homemade. Uh, homemade on the left, uh, Hamilton on the right. The Hamilton is much lighter in color and closer to the look of the gold Jamaican rum, uh, perhaps not unsurprisingly. Uh, the aroma is unmistakably allspice, like you would expect, uh, and there is a little of that aroma from the gold rum in there as well, with an underlying sweetness. Again, that's to be expected because this is a liqueur. And when sipped, it's uh, lighter bodied than some other heavier liqueurs. Uh, it seems like a light touch was used with the sugar, which is appreciated, and there's a, a nice hit of peppery pimento spice and a tingly finish that I found primarily on the tongue with a little bit in the throat. Now, when I nose you know, my homemade dram next to it, I find mine to be much less aromatic, uh, more dull. It's also much darker in color, in part because of the Demerara sugar used when I make it, and in part because of the Demerara rum I used uh, to make it. The homemade version has a much heavier mouthfeel with more sugar present. Um, it's When you taste it, it's a combination of sweet and spice, whereas the Hamilton was mostly a combination of rum and spice. Uh, the homemade lingers a bit with the spice cutting a little bit into the sweetness, but ultimately, uh, in the homemade stuff, there's really not much of a finish. Now, ultimately, I think I slightly prefer the homemade version, and simply because that's the one I've been using for long enough now that it tastes familiar to me. Uh, I can't claim that it's any more or less authentic, uh, but it is what I've built my recipes around. So when I've made recipes over the last four or five years that have called for allspice liqueur or pimento dram, that's the one I've been using, so that's where my palate is uh, tuned, if you will. Now, on the flip side, I can totally see myself sipping the Hamilton Pimento Dram neat, and I would have uh, little interest in doing that with the homemade version. So since I'm mixing with it a lot, I'll probably stick with my version, and I'll probably have the Hamilton to uh, either sip neat, like I said, or maybe start making some new cocktails with that uh, that I can build around that flavor profile, knowing that's a little bit different. I would encourage you to pick up a bottle when you see it. Uh, retail is about $26 for a 750-milliliter bottle. So if you're in the habit of buying, for instance, the St. Elizabeth 375-milliliter all-spice dram bottle for $24, this price point is actually more than equitable. Um, also, recently, I, ha I did uh, make a batch of uh, pimento dram or all-spice liqueur, if you will, um, from a recipe that was uh, provided to me from 
uh, Jeff Cleveland. Um, and that's the one I'm using at the moment. That's closer to the recipe that I normally use that comes from Beach Bunbury Remixed, but it's higher proof. It's made with a 151 Demerara rum. Um, and his recipe, which I will not disclose here without his permission, uh, makes a cool handle of 1.75 liters of dram total. So maybe, you know, make that recipe at home or make some, start making your, your allspice dram now and give small bottles out for holiday gifts to some of your friends. Uh, give them a little something they can make a, a nice little, uh, maybe, I don't know, Montego Bay cocktail with. Oh, did I mention the Montego Bay? I think I just did. Uh, that is the cocktail in this episode. Uh, where did this cocktail come from? The Montego Bay is credited to Don Beach from the 1940s. Um, I first saw the recipe surface in Beach Bumberry's Intoxica book, and then it appeared in slightly revised format in Beach Bumberry Remixed. Uh, if you don't have Remixed, there's a link to that in the show notes as well. Uh, the actual Montego Bay in Jamaica is along the northern coast on the west side of the island, so sort of the northwest corner. Not really near Worthy Park, but that isn't going to stop me from using the Hamilton uh, uh, pot still rum in my version. Uh, when Smith and Cross first, excuse me, Smith and Cross first hit the market as a Jamaican rum that had some heft, it was one of the uh, early entries into bringing um, you know sort of a more traditional Jamaican rum back to the market. Uh, the Montego Bay had kind of a slight uptick in popularity. If you Google Montego Bay cocktail, you'll see articles around 2011, 2012, where people started using uh, the Smith & Cross and the Montego Bay to kind of bump it up and give it a little bit more heft. Um, I typically at home make this one with Appleton, um, which is a lot more mellow, uh, but with the spice, Pernod, and bitters, a more aggressive rum actually performs very well with this cocktail. So you can try it with Smith & Cross, see if that suits your fancy. Um, I find now that I've made it with the uh, Hamilton rum, that's probably my preferred version. The Montego Bay cocktail is one half ounce of fresh lime juice, one half ounce of white grapefruit juice, fresh if you have it. And side note on this, so um, I recently was uh, generously gifted about 40 fresh white grapefruits uh, from uh, friends from the Tonga Hut, Mark and Linda. Thank you if you're listening. Um, and the the question is, well, what do you do? You're not going to be able to use 40 if you're not a you know small bar. Uh, what are you going to do with 40 fresh white grapefruits? Uh, the idea that I wanted to try out, and it's actually panned out pretty well, um, and I've seen this done or I've seen this mentioned before. I just never took the plunge at it myself, but I actually picked up, uh, a four, five, six, a uh, handful of, of, uh, ice cube trays, uh, squeezed all the juice and then froze that juice into ice cubes and then, uh, double bagged that in Ziploc bags and put it in the freezer. So now when I want to have a cocktail with fresh grapefruit juice, I can just thaw out a couple of cubes. I think, uh, one of the cubes, at least for my ice cube tray ends up being about half ounce of, uh, of grapefruit juice. So I can take out a handful of those. Uh, defrost them, and then I've got fresh grapefruit juice for the night, and I'm pretty uh, happy to report that the flavor holds up really well. So uh, you want to you 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 wouldn't want to do a whole freezer full of it because even with a a decent um, uh, Ziploc bag, you're still going to pick up some freezer odors eventually. So uh, sort of find that sweet spot between you know stocking up for the winter and perhaps uh, getting uh, too many that end up um, sort of giving off bad odors. Anyways, so that's how you can you know keep your white grapefruit juice going year round, as long as you have super generous friends who are willing to give you some of their produce. Um, where was I? Oh, uh, so after adding that half ounce of white grapefruit juice, add in one half ounce of honey mix. That's a two to one in my case, honey to water ratio. One and one half ounce of dark Jamaican rum. Um, you can use either the Hamilton pot still black or gold. I've made them with both and we'll talk about that here in a moment. Uh, one half teaspoon of pimento dram. In this case, the Hamilton Jamaican pimento dram to kind of tie this whole thing together in a bow one dash of Angostura bitters, six drops of Pernod, and six ounces of crushed ice. Uh, combine all that and flash blend it for five seconds, and then pour that unstrained into a small stem glass or, you know, a small tiki mug. Go wild. 
Uh, there should be enough aromatics in the cocktail to leave off a garnish. In this case, you got a lot of elements that are going to give off their own their own uh, signature, their own stamp. Uh, you're not going to need another garnish. Um, so again, like I said, I made this with both the gold and the black rums. Uh, the color difference was noticeable, but not terribly drastic. You can see a picture of those side by side in the show notes. Um, I found the the fresh slash frozen grapefruit to be a dominant first flavor, followed by the rum, and then finishing with the Brno uh, and uh, bitters uh, uh, there on the finish. The Hamilton Dram uh, helped lend depth, but didn't stand out on its own. I also made this with the black rum and homemade dram and picked up a little bit more of the sweetness and the spiciness from the pimento dram. Uh, either way, it's kind of a toss-up which one was uh, you know preferred. Uh, they're both good. The, the differences are pretty subtle, uh, so either one would be recommended. That's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. Show links are up on the 5 Minutes of Rum website. That's number 5 minutesofrumcom The show is also on iTunes as 5 Minutes of Rum. I'm probably going to have to start calling that. It's on Apple Podcasts as 5 Minutes of Rum, but I haven't updated my own internal links yet. Um, on iTunes, you can subscribe. You can rate the show. You can even leave a review. The show is also on Twitter and Instagram as at 5 Minutes of Rum, at symbol number 5 Minutes of Rum. Uh, please send in any comments, corrections, feedback, or requests via the 5 Minutes of Rum website or on Twitter or on Instagram. And now, go get some Jamaican rum. <laughs>